afternoon, everyone. Thank you very much for uh, that surprise. Uh, my allergies start kicking in there. <laughs> you know, it's allergy season every day here. <laughs> uh, eight years ago, God called me. Um, no, nine years ago, God called me to pastor a church. I didn't know it was going to be this church until the following year. Um, it's been a crazy ride, right? And um, it's a ride that, that's worth taking, I think. You know, we were at Disney. We were at Disney nine years ago, I think. Was it nine years ago? No, eight years ago. It was when they opened the cars, you know, the cars ride. But the waiting time says two hours. So me being the boring dad, I told Zoe and Gianna, I'm like, you know what? That's two hours. We'll just come back. We still need to come back. It's been nine, eight years. So my point is this. Uh, sometimes when the ride is there, you take it. When the ride is right there, there's no point of saying, maybe later, Lord. I mean, God knows. Children, you are dismissed to your classrooms along with the Sunday school teachers. Sunday school teachers, thank you very much for everything that you do for the church and for the children. Children, please be nice. <laughs> Don't test the their fruit of patience so much. Thank you. Um, I'm pretty sure the gifts are beautiful other than the coffee uh, and the plant that were obvious. I'm pretty sure they're special. Thank you very much. The album, I didn't want to look at it because I didn't want to start crying. But let's pray. Father, we thank you for your people. We thank you for the calling. We thank you for your sovereign hand. You made everything possible for us this week. We thank you for this building that you blessed us with. We thank you for our loved ones, our health. Thank you for the peace that we have in this country, although it's not perfect. We thank you that we're so able to praise and worship you without persecution. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit right now to please anoint me as you speak to your people. Please open the hearts of your people and give everybody the humility, Lord God, in order for us to receive your message for us. We ask for the salvation of those who are lost, and we pray for help for those who are, are seeking you, Father God, those who are hurting, those who are sick. We pray for the healing of Jamie and the comfort of my family and everybody else, Lord God. And Father, we ask for your guidance once again. Speak to us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's uh, turn our Bibles over to the book of James. We are still slowly making our way through the painful book of James. <laughs> the very blessed book of James. The book of James is like an antibiotic. Right? You don't like how it tastes, but your body truly needs it. So I know last Sunday we tackled verse 4, but in order for us to get the full context of our message to this afternoon, we're going to read it again and go to verse 5, which is 
our message tonight. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? This is what we're going to be tackling. That verse right there. I have uh, this cartoon on the screen. Spot the Difference is the name of it. Now, for us in the Philippines, this never comes in color. <laughs> Unless you were one of the rich kids there. This was always in black and white. And you have to spot the difference of one side to another. So, I don't know for the life of me which one you should be comparing it to other than compare each to the other. There should be a reference, right? There should be one reference. Are we, are we supposed to be comparing the left to the right? And then once, once we make the determination of the differences or the missing or the addition, which one is right? Is it the left or the right? Which one is actually an addition to the picture or a subtraction? It's like having those fake bags in the Philippines. That's the word says Superman, but the logo is Batman. <laughs> is it a fake Superman bag or is it a fake Batman bag? <laughs> you have to spot the difference. That's what our, our title tonight, this afternoon, Spot the Difference. We're still in the book of James. Now, the main idea or topic that we have tonight is, is, is that. We have to spot the difference. We have to ask God for the discernment and the wisdom for us believers to be able to spot the difference between right and wrong. And then how do we go about that? What is our point of reference? The obvious answer is always the Bible, correct? We have to be able to know what is right and what is wrong. Because, as the verse says there, or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, like useless, the Spirit who dwells in you yearns jealously? Now, again, just for review, for those of you who are just joining us today, the book of James was written for Jewish believers that were scattered around, right? And, and the half-brother of Jesus uh, was the first pastor of, of the Christian church. He wrote this letter to teach the early Christians. And the main, main idea or message of James is a radical change, an intense internal change must happen for every professing Christian. Every professing Christian. Now, after telling the believers in verse 4 that, the worldly, that worldliness, this is what our topic, topic last week, right? Worldliness or loving or living like the world or taking from the world or living like the world is sin, right? And now this is, this is the follow-up of James. So worldliness is sin. Being a friend, being friendly with the world is sin. When you become friends with the world, you become 
God's enemy, and then this, this is his conjunction. He used the word or, and then the new statement, do you think that the scripture says in vain? But the real message of, of verse 5 is the jealousy of God. But in order for us to get to the jealousy of God, I need to really, we need to really slow down and, and let the two words here sink in in our hearts. And they are that the Holy Spirit indwells in every believer of Jesus Christ and that Jesus is jealous, right? But then there's, there's two ways for us to, he clued us in there, to find out that the Spirit indwells in every believer and to find out that God is jealous because he's referencing a verse. So the two things that we're going to tackle tonight is not the jealousy, but really the scriptures, and then the fact that he's challenging the believers to think. You see? Or do you think that the scripture says in vain? His, his, it's a rhetorical question. Right? He's already telling us that the scripture already said it, and do you think that doesn't mean anything? But there's just a great miss nowadays. There's a great miss nowadays for us believers now of our lack of Bible reading. Other than the Bible reading, our lack of studying the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 reads, all, this, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. The Bible is not just a thing that you need to have by your closet or wherever you store it, by your bookcase to collect dust. It's supposed to be your guide because this is God's word. This is God breathed. He spoke to the people that wrote these. He inspired them. Every single thing here is for us to be reminded of, to be told that what is right and what is wrong. I don't know how many platforms there is now for social media, but it seems like it gets many by the minute. There is a huge addition to all of it. And there's many of those influencers that will derail you from the real message of God because they will come in the form of godliness. They will seem like they are a Christian. They are Christians, but they will be teaching otherwise. So how are you supposed to know what is right and what is wrong if you yourself don't get in the Word? If you're not immersed in the, in the study of God's Word, it will leave you, or anyone for that matter, vulnerable to your old way, to your old sinful way, or for the ways of the world that is worldly and, and it's completely the opposite of what God wants for us. The world's message is completely 
the opposite. Now, can you spot the difference is the title of our message. So the challenge, the homework for everybody here, for us is, can we spot the difference? As, as the days get evil, get more evil, as the days progress, it gets more evil and evil. It doesn't get better and better. Are we able to know and, and, and say with conviction, beholden by the Holy Spirit, that we can stand and say, hey, uh, I think this is wrong based on the Bible. Because if you're a, a, a thinking person, there's a lot of uh, messages out there that's contradicting each other. And if you have the Holy Spirit, there's a nudge there in your heart. There's a nudge there in your heart. Now sometimes, most of the time, our emotions will lead us astray. But the nudge of our hearts, led by the Holy Spirit, is telling us, listen, what you're hearing is wrong. Now some will say, I do read the Word. I read it. And I find it difficult to obey because it doesn't seem the Word of God, the instructions of God, the commandments of God doesn't seem applicable to my generation now. Or it doesn't seem that it's practical in, this, in today's world. Some will say that. Some will say that I understand, I know, I know of the commands, but I just, I just can't do it. You've fallen into the lie of the enemy. Because remember, again, in the garden, remember in the garden, the first job of Satan was to cast doubt into God's goodness. He just didn't question God's command. He questioned God's goodness. Every time the command of God is read and heard by someone, it's either received because the person was convicted or pushed away and saying, you know, I don't need that. That doesn't apply to me. It's too limiting. The Christian church have, have embraced that. Some Christian churches have embraced that, okay, the Bible is too limited. We need to open up because the world is changing fast. So we need to accommodate them. So they, they compromise on their doctrine. They get soft in their, in their teaching of the word because they don't want to offend. Now, I don't, I don't get up here thinking like, hey, who can I offend today? <laughs> no, I, I don't. The message really, if it's offensive to you, just think this, okay? It's for the empty seats. It's not for you. <laughs> so that we're okay. No, some churches... You know, and as believers, you know, you find yourself, we find ourselves in those situations. We're at work, we're at school, we're at a business, and we know that this person is saying something completely wrong and offensive to us. But because we want to keep the peace, we don't say anything. Even if it's for, it's for their detriment. Now, if you don't want to come off as a oh, high horse, almighty guy, sure, keep your peace. But if you know that, that whatever their belief is or their stand is going to hurt them or it's going to lead them astray, I think God brought you in that situation to be the person to deliver 
the right message for that person. Now, if you don't read the Bible, how do you adjust your mindset on what's going on with the world events? Right? There's a lot of things going on right now. Now, we, we said that, Timothy said that you are able, the Bible is your guide in your life. It's able to tell you what is right and wrong. Look, Matthew 24, 6 to 13. You will hear of wars, wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Amen? Some of you are not excited for the end of the world because you're, you're like, oh, wait, you know, I want to do my retirement first. Can we not end it yet? Some of you are excited as, as I am. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and these are the beginning of birth pains. Do we see, are we seeing this? I don't think, it doesn't matter what news uh, channel you're watching. I think you can see this if you have a thinking mind. And then verse 9, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and be put to death. Now that's the not so exciting part. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Similar to what James was talking about in the earlier verses. Right? There was a division happening. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Wait a minute, Pastor Joe. I thought when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, I thought I was saved. Yes, you are saved. Your, your life for eternity is saved, yes. But if you're going to continue to live your own sinful way, completely against God's will, don't think that you will not experience his discipline especially if you belong to him because there's the verse says that those he loves he disciplines amen? amen and how can you tell the difference of be uh, from a false prophet to a non-false false prophet can you spot the difference the prosperity gospel that is so popular right embraced by many it, it, it's false, but it sounds good, right? Who doesn't want a million dollars in their bank after praying? Like, Lord, I name it and I claim it. I want one million dollars in my account. I name it, I claim it in Jesus' name. Abdakadabra sis bumba. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want a magical spe uh, spell? Everybody wants that, but it's not true. It's false, and since when, where in the Bible do you call God as mother? And where in the Bible do you see more gender than two? And where in the Bible do we see that our love for each other surpasses God's love for us? You have to point it to me because I haven't found it yet. Look at 1 Timothy 4, 1-3. Demonic influence is the header. 
Now the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith. That's so why you hear those, those, those uh, influential preachers or famous pastors in the past or evangelists that then all of a sudden they're saying, they're, they're betraying the faith. They're saying, oh, I don't completely believe in everything now. Because the first thing that must be attacked with our faith is the validity of the word. That's why they constantly attack it. It's not consistent. It's not true. It's not valid. It's not, you can't relate to it anymore. The first thing that they will attack is this. Just like in the garden. Surely God didn't say was the word. Now, if you have a serpent speaking to you, that's the first sign that you are in a false prophet. <laughs> that should be the first clue for Eve. Like, why is this serpent talking? <laughs> Demonic influence. So the Spirit explicitly says, some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. Oh my goodness, was it, what are the teachings of demons? Through the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared, they forbid marriage and demand abstinence from foods that God created to be received with gratitude by those who believe and know the truth. Now, if you believe that the Bible has no error, there you go. That's a good reminder for you. If you want to spot what a false teaching is, that's it right there. Those who are preventing or telling people to not get married, a certain people to not get married or to for certain food not to be eaten you know they're, they're, these are all good so again the title of the message is can you spot the difference hopefully you can the discernment that james was telling the the the, the church during his time was to look into the scriptures so it's the same thing here. And, and with the current events again, like we have Israel getting attacked. And the Bible says, I know this sounds political. Some of you will shut your ears off right now. But the Bible tells us that we are, as his people, to stand with his people. We are to remove all our emotions. If we are somehow have some emotional attachment to the other country or, you know, the lost people we have, we cry, we weep for the lost. Amen? From Palestine and Israel, we weep for the lost. But we have to look at the Bible and surrender to its authority. The authority of the Bible tells us that as Christians, us Christians, and as Christians, we are to stand with Israel. And this will constantly happen to them, unfortunately for them. They're going to be forever be attacked. This is why the United States, United States of America is very much blessed because the, the promise is, I will bless those who will bless you. And America has been, what, world power for quite some time. You know, that's threatened now, but hopefully we can turn it around next year. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Pastor Joe's political. I'm leaving the church. <laughs> but hey, you know, we have to look at the Bible and go with what the Bible says. The first mistake for every believer is once we do what, what Eve said. What did Eve say? When, when, when God told her, 
Uh, no, no, Satan said, did God really say? And then she said, she answered and added to the answer. Yeah, we're not supposed to eat and touch. Oh, see? There's a trouble there. When you start adding to the word of God to force your way, that's when you're making a mistake. When you're reading a Bible verse and making it, you're making it to full, uh, fulfill what you want instead of reading it in full context. Because you can make anything of these verses. You can make a religion, different religions with these verses. You can make anything out of it. But you have to read the verse in its full context. Or else you will fall. And the enemy knows that. Can you spot the difference? It will be so difficult for a believer to spot the error if he or she doesn't do his or her own study of the Word. Amen? So your homework is you have to study the Word. How do I study the Word, Pastor Joe? It starts with a Bible. You have to buy a Bible if you don't have a Bible. And if you don't have a, have a Bible, please raise your hand later or go to see one of our deacons and they will give you our church Bible and it will be our gift to you. Because he starts with the Bible and then you pray and say, God, I, I need help. I want you to teach me your word. I need to learn more about our faith. It starts there. You know, without that, we, we need to be able to determine we need to be able to have a point of reference. It reminds me of Bong. You know, there's this Bong guy, the Filipino guy, and he starts working in a warehouse. He's working in a warehouse that uh, they, were, uh, it's, uh, they were making wood there. They were cutting, chopping up wood and making things out of it. So it's a mill, right? So Bong, you know, he was struggling because, you know, recession's around. So he, de he decided to steal from the company. So he has a wheelbarrow, and there's this small box that he put the sawdust in there. And the security guy, let's name him Andres. I mean, let's name Andres. Andres sees Bong coming out with the wheelbarrow and the box. He goes, hey, 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 Bong, what are you doing? What is that? What's in the box? And Bong goes, it's the left, it's the wood shavings. You know, after we work on the wood, I sweep it up and I put it in this box because I'm trying to get firewood at the house, you know, just for my fireplace because I'm broke. And just goes, okay, okay, fine. You know, every day for five days, Bong will come out with this wheelbarrow and with the thing there, with that box. And then every time Andres checks it, it is sawdust. So Andres was like, after three weeks of consistently doing this, Andres goes, hey, you know what? I'm about to quit. He spoke to Bong. I'm going to quit. I'm not going to get you in trouble. I just have this strong feeling that you are stealing something. If you tell me now, I promise, I swear to God. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I'm not going to tell the boss. You are stealing something, right? And Bong goes, yes. He goes, what? The wheelbarrow. Sometimes we zero in on the little things, the box, because we made up our mind, he's stealing something. But then you focus in, you zero on the small thing, you forgot the more. It's expensive, the wheelbarrow. How many wheelbarrows did Bong steal? Right? 
that's the same thing with us Christians. When we don't want to obey God's command, we're focused so much on the little things that the world offers. The world offers us little things. Oh, you, can, you don't have to get married. You could just enjoy relationships without the covenant of marriage, like sex that God invented. You could just practice that. You don't have to obey Him. Little things. Don't live for God. Party on the weekend. Come on. Have a bi-weekly relationship with God. You go this Sunday, you miss next Sunday because you got hung over the Saturday, right? It's, we focus so much on the little things because mind you, church, what the, what the world offers is so little compared to what God is offering. But the problem with obedience in, in reading the word and obedience in everything that's written in the word is because there is no longer fear in the Lord. If you read Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Fear of the Lord is what brought us to knowledge that we are sinners. Some will argue, no, it's the love of God. Yes, it's the love of God that attracted us. But it was the fear of the Lord that made us accept this, that if we don't receive Him, we will suffer eternal fire. So that's fear of the Lord. And the wisdom happens, wisdom happens to every believer the moment we accepted Christ. But the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And then look at the, the result of it. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. If you have fear of the Lord, your life will be fruitful. Amen? Some of you, I still need to convince. But you know what? I'm going to stop convincing you because it's not my job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. But I'm going to continue to preach it until you say, I'm going to bring my AirPods next time. <laughs> Block him from, but he'll still see me so he won't bug me, bug me on Sunday, on Saturday. So the fear of the Lord gives us wisdom. It gives us humility. Without humility, there's no wisdom. Because wisdom is knowledge applied. Amen? If you already know that a certain thing will get you in trouble, your wisdom says, don't do it. If you already know that there is something wrong with your health, the wisdom says, do something about it. If you already know that your credit card bill is giving you problems, don't use it. If you already know it's the Amazon account, delete the Amazon account. Or take your children's phones away. <laughs> now, it's, fear is necessary. Fear of the Lord is necessary. You will not read the scriptures. You will not go to church. You will not obey God if you don't love Him, first and foremost. But more importantly, you will say you love Him, but you will live a sinful life because you don't fear Him. God does not condone sin, church. It does not condone sin. Fear of the Lord gives you the wisdom to accept your limitations and heed correction. 
Proverbs 1, 7, again, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Have you met that person? Have you met a person that, that they always come to you and they always tell you their problems and you already knew about what the issue is because they've told you the same thing from their last breakup, but they keep jumping into the same toxic relationship. They keep doing the same ha habit, bad habit, whether it's gambling, whether it's, it's overspending, right? Sometimes you already know it. But for some odd reason, they don't. And despite you taking hours, many hours of telling them, this is your mistake right here, this is what you need to do, the next time around that you hear from them is when they have problems again. And it's the same thing, and it's just only for, with a different person, a different job, a different bankruptcy filing. You know, it's, it's just a toxic cycle. Because fools despise wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge applied. But especially when it comes to spiritual things, with our walk, without the fear, without the fear, the fear of the Lord is reverence, reverence fear. It's not fear he's going to spank me, although that's, that could be part of it. The discipline of God must fear us. Amen? We shouldn't toy around with God. The other faiths toy around with God. Us Christians, we shouldn't be toying around with Him. We don't go around the world and tell them like, hey, you know what? You need to stop gambling. You need to do that. You don't tell them about their behavior. You tell them like, hey, Jesus loves you. And no, no matter how good, morally good person you are right now, without Christ in your heart, you will go to hell. That's what you tell them. Because there are some uh, unbelievers there that have a good moral standing, a good citizen. But based on what the gospel says, they, they will not go to heaven. That's what we need to tell them. But for us Christians, what the Bible is telling us, since you belong to me, you need to live for me. Now, you will just forget about this if you don't fear God. You will just say, ah, it doesn't apply. It's 2023. No, it does apply still. But look at this. This is the reaction of most. The time is coming when people won't listen to good teaching. Instead, they will look for teachers who will please them by telling them only what they, what they are itching to hear. They will turn from the truth and eagerly listen to senseless stories. There will come a time that somebody else will listen to somebody's preaching while you're preaching. I'm kidding. <laughs> the time is coming when people won't listen to good teaching. There's a lot of churches there that attracts a lot of people because they don't want to target their real issues. They shun away from real issues that are sinful, that's hurting the people. We're all flawed, amen? Okay, thank you, Ruth. We're, we're both flawed. <laughs> but the world, but the Bible tells us that as flawed as we are, God loves us. When we came to God, God said, come as you are. 
right? We, don't, we're, we're, we were not told, change first and then come to me. No, God said, come to me, all of you who are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. We come to him as dirty, as muddy, as, as tired, as exhausted, as spent as we are. We go to him, and then he saves us. But do you really think that God, that loving God, will keep you the way you are? No. Because the Holy Spirit indwells in every believer, and the Holy Spirit gives us the strength to obey God. Amen? And somebody will say, but, you know, I'm weak. When the Bible says, in your weakness, I am strong. Let's go back to James. This is the entirety of one to four of this chapter four, right? Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires to pleasure, for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Yet you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. James points out the many different issues that the Christian church during his time was facing. So now, Hopefully, you're hearing me there. Because some people, they romanticize the old church. They say, oh, back in the days, they were so pure. They were so united. No, they're not. <laughs> you're just not reading your Bible correctly. Because right there, and you can read in First and Second Corinthians, the church was troubled. Because a church is a bunch of people, a bunch of sinners... Saved by grace. Again, it's not an excuse that we hurt each other. This is a good reminder that we are to be loving to one another. If they didn't take our suggestion, we should say, you know what? Oh, well. Maybe next anniversary, you'll take my suggestion. <laughs> maybe next meeting, you'll take my suggestion. Or maybe not. I'll just change churches. <laughs> right? Sometimes people, to solve their issues with the church or the message that they hear, what did they do? They'll change the church. And it's easy. There's a lot of churches there. And mind you, if you don't think you're growing in this church, find a church that you will grow, right? Because that's the main goal. For me, this is selfish reasons for me. Because when I go to heaven and you're there, and then, and then God will say, all right, Annalou, are you supposed to be for Israel? And you say, uh huh, I'm supposed to be for Israel. And then he'll say, who's your pastor? <laughs> That's me. So at least now, you know, October 14 or 15, 2023, I told you guys, okay? When we go up there, I'm clear. Uh, Lord, I told them they were just not listening, they were on their iPod. AirPod, AirPod. See, we see it there. 
If we are friends with the world, like what we talked about last Sunday, if we're going to be worldly like the world, then we're sinning against God. I'm not saying it. I'm just repeating it. It wasn't my idea. It's God's idea. Verse 4 zeroes in that many believers during their time have made friends with the world. That is why their relationships within the church was a mess. It was a mess. And their prayers were always answered no. Because their prayer requests were all selfish requests. Lord, help me hit the lottery. In Jesus' name, I pray. I will help the church fund. Lord, they're buying a church now. We're buying a church. I will give them the church. You know, if you can't give a hundred bucks, you can't give a million dollars. Do we agree? If you have a hard time giving ten dollars, you'll have a hard time giving a hundred bucks. You know, Gianna, when she was young, um, Jamie, this is one of my fun, um, uh, happy memory of Jamie and Gianna. Gianna was about three years old, I think, or two. And Jamie recorded it. She was talking to Gianna. And she goes, Gianna, how much do you love Poppy? Her. That's her baby. That's, that's the term of endearment. My daughter goes, how much, how much do you love me? Gianna goes, 20 bucks. <laughs> how much do you love your dad? 100 bucks. <laughs> I'm 100 bucks, you know. <laughs> There's the prayer requests were all answered no because it was all selfish, selfish prayers. And they were hostile towards God. Hostility with God is you have, you have different principles. To be hostile against another nation or another person, you have completely opposite beliefs, different principles. It can never connect. Light can never be with darkness. Amen? Because darkness is the absence of light. There is no such thing as darkness. Or do you think that the scripture says is a beginning of verse 5? Now, I find it interesting that the Apostle Paul James here used the line, do you, th- do you think? Now, similar to his half-brother Jesus who use this line quite often. You can see it in Matthew, Mark, John. Jesus will always, always say, do you think that if a shepherd lost one, he will not go after it? He probes them to think. He challenges them to think. Now, Christians, the Lord wants us to think. God wants us to think. As much as he wants us to read his word, he wants us to be thinking while we're reading his word. Similar to when we're praying. God doesn't want us to pray without thinking where you're just babbling repeated words. God wants us to be mindful of what we're saying. Do you think, right? Do you not realize? Another way of saying do you think is somehow saying do you not realize? Our faith, our Lord challenges us to think. Amen? So let's stop saying when you're being probed to do something for God, you're being challenged to do something for Him, when He's speaking to you and He's putting you into a place where, where He wants you, He made the calling for you, and then you don't want to take the calling, and your response is, God knows. Or, 
in His time. Right? When God calls you, that's the time. And don't worry about what God knows. Worry about what you know. Because if God has already called you or is, He keeps repeating the calling to you, you need to do it. Stop saying God knows. Yeah, He does. That's why He's calling you. That's why he's telling you to stop that sin. That's why he's telling you to end that relationship. That's why he's telling you to change your lifestyle. That's why he's telling you to do the right thing for him. Don't say God knows. Just say, Lord, I want to bite the fruit. Because for your, your laws, your commands, it's so limited. It's so boring. Have that real conversation with God. Because God will have a real conversation with you as well. Or do you think that the scripture says? Now to think, again, we're, the, the message of verse 5 is God's jealousy, right? But we're slowly getting there to the jealousy, which we're going to tackle that after the anniversary. But look at this, Romans 12, 2. For us to think, for us to think the way God wants us to think, for us to understand what is written down in the scriptures, Paul wrote it in Romans 12 too. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you talk. That will follow. The talking will be a byproduct. By changing the way you dress, you know what? Maybe. Maybe more appropriate. I don't know. Maybe not. That's relative, right? But changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The renewal of our mind with the scriptures, the teaching of God, will help us it will help us distinguish and identify and spot the difference from what is right and from what is wrong. Because they're not all right. Amen? For the serial daters out there, they're not all the right guys. They're not all Mr. Right. They're not all Miss Right. No, they're not. There is that one Mr. Right and one Miss Right for you according to God's will. You need to start changing the way you think. The, you know, so this is, this, uh, this is nothing to brag anything, you know. It's not like I'm like Hercules here, but lately I've been working, I've been working out at the gym. And, and I was blessed by God. to He, he gave me a, a, another believer, you know, a brother to kind of go with me on my odd hours of me going. And, and because of this guy, I end up pushing. I end up pushing more weight than I was used to. And hence, you know, I was getting more smiles from my wife when I get home. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she goes, nah, you're lying. <laughs> no, because the guy, this guy, this brother was saying, you could do this. And I'm like, are you sure? And if you don't, I'm here. I'm right here. 
I'll spot you. And boy, did he spot me many times. But I got, I got stronger eventually. I was able to push and, and be more, it got stronger. Now that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, or the, this is so insulting to him, he's, he's more than a spotter. He's our strength. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit indwells in you. You actually have the power to change your sinful ways, to remove those sinful ways out of your life because the Holy Spirit is right in you. He is the one that will provide the strength that you need to resist that temptation, to go through that trial. It will be Him. And these words, the, the change of mindset though, it starts there. If your mindset has not changed about church, if you just think church is something you do when you're bored, then there's something wrong. If, if you only do church when you're here in Reno, <laughs> there's something wrong, right? If you're looking at Bible reading because I bugged you to read, then there's something wrong. If, if, if it's not an internal change driven by the Holy Spirit, and it's not real change, there has, there has to be a complete change of the mind reprogrammed by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Amen? Amen, amen. Again, like Bong, like the security undress, don't be fixated with the little box. The world only offers little, little tiny things compared to what God is offering you. Bigger better and brighter days amen that's our message this afternoon thank you very much for your patience as the praise and worship team make their way up here if you have any decisions you want to make this evening if you want to accept christ as your lord and savior please come up so we can lead you into that prayer deacon vince and deacon john will be up there to help you if you need you have a prayer request. You need us to pray for you. You want us to pray for you? We'd love to. Please come up so we can pray for you. Or if you've been coming to this church for quite some time and you'd like to become a part of it, please come down here so we can all see you. Okay? <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your message. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for who you are. You are good, Father. And you are loving. Forgive us for the many times that we have fallen into sin, believing the lies of the enemy, being attracted more to the little gifts or presents and lies of the world, Lord God. Forgive us, Father. Help us, Lord God, to have a renewed mind Help us to be reminded that your Holy Spirit lives in us. Help us, Father God, have the desire to change internally. And help us have the hunger and thirst for your word. Help us live for you. And I pray again, Lord God, for the healing of, of everybody who is sick. And I pray for broken relationships, Father God. And I pray for those lost souls that you brought for us, with us tonight. I pray that they will receive you as their Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all